0: I had heard that this movie was really fucked up, and I have to say, it kind of felt like a standard Euro art film movie to me, and not particularly fucked up. (laughs) Holy shit, Kate. What's
1: wrong with you? (laughs) Uh, This movie really fucked me up a little bit while I was watching it. I went into it blind. Mm Mm-hmm. But I knew that Mia Goth was in it, so we were in for a real treat. But that was all I knew. I knew really nothing about
0: this going in. And I did think it was fucked up. Same. I knew nothing going in. I didn't even know who was in it. I knew it was a Brandon Cronenberg movie and that people thought that it was wild. And so I thought the premise was... So good. I loved this movie. I'm just going to clarify right off the bat. I really, really enjoyed this. I was expecting to see so much worse. (laughs) I think based on what I heard from reactions from people, though. (laughs) Have you seen
1: anything else by Brandon Cronenberg?
0: I haven't. And this really makes me want to watch more from him.
1: Yeah. Same. I I haven't even seen really much from his dad. He did. Did he do The Fly? He did. Yeah, I've seen The Fly. And I know I saw his cameo in Jason X.
0: (laughs) But I think that's about it. (laughs) You'd have to remind me. I've seen a number of his movies or movies that he's been involved in. I've seen... Videodrome, Existence, Scanners, all really disturbing kind of nihilistic body horror type movies from, you know, David Cronenberg. And in the Wikipedia for this movie, Infinity Pool, a critic had said that the... Difference between David Cronenberg and Brandon Cronenberg seemed to be that David was focused on body horror and Brandon's movies are focused on mental horror, like psychological horror. Mm -hmm. And I totally get that.
1: I was going to say, there's definitely a bit of his dad in this movie. There are some really cool, gross body horror moments. But what really freaked me out about this movie was all in my head. It was all messing with my sense of reality and what safety is and definitely yeah it's it's kind of neat how father and son are like two sides of the same coin in a sense and I know people don't like to be compared to their family members all the time so I apologize director Brandon Cronenberg (laughs) Uh, but I was kind of looking at this movie through the lens of How is this guy a chip off the old block? And how is
0: he not? It's unavoidable. I mean, I think that you want to look at someone's body of work, you know, independently. But I mean, he's, you know, really standing on the shoulders of a giant here. So it's good to see how he can do things differently or in his own way, at least.
1: Have we said the name of this movie yet? Have we said Infinity Pool? Guys, we're, we're talking about Infinity <laughs> Pool. I don't know if we have.
0: <laughs> Infinity Pool came out in 2023. It was on the art house, you know, circuit last year. That's where a lot of the the buzz was coming around. And I really didn't want to learn too much about it. I had heard it was a challenging watch, heard it was, you know, fucked up is the phrase we keep using but I think that whenever you get into something that's like body horror psychological horror that's like a phrase that you kind of want to use and it seemed like it was really divided uh in terms of like critical response when it when it first came out Hmm.
1: yeah because it's rotten tomato score now is really high it's it's like 86
0: right yeah 86 percent on rotten tomatoes So generally pretty well received, made like no money in the box office, only $5.2 million. Interesting. This is another movie that we have where the budget was not released.
1: What do you think the budget could have been? I mean, we had two major actors, Mia Goth and Alexander Skarsgård. Everyone else seemed kind of, I mean, I had never heard of any of these other people a lot of
0: international stars in this one. I think that budget could have gone into the uh, editing, Mia Mm -hmm. Goth and Alexander Skarsgård. And I mean, there's always some kind of location budget. This was filmed in, in Europe, I believe in Croatia and Serbia. So, you know, it looks like an Oceania-like kind of island setting, like kind of a Mm Fiji-ish type place, but they definitely saved some money filming it in East Europe. (laughs) Right, right. And
1: not too many crazy special effects. There was, like we said, some body horror moments, but it was kind of kept down to a minimum. I'm so curious what the budget was for this movie. Me too.
0: I mean- I wonder if... I wouldn't be surprised if it lost money. (laughs) I agreed. I wonder if these studios are holding back on releasing budget information because they don't want that comparison. Because I feel like when people hear like, oh, this movie was $50 million and it only made $5 million, then it becomes this self-perpetuating cycle where people are like, oh, Mm. this movie was expensive and isn't making enough money. It can be propped up by
1: other shitty movies that these studios make i guess because this was great
0: (laughs) and i mean this one was distributed by neon which i think we've done a few other neon movies they they're a huge distributor they're they're akin to a24 but they have a they have a slight bend towards um international films so a lot of like internationally like produced films, um, get distributed through them. I also wanted to quickly mention, remind our
1: viewers, Kate and I think that our opinions are pretty valid. And usually we're right. In fact, probably most of the time we're right. And so we'd like to become Rotten Tomato certified so we can pitch into this overall percent score that you see on the tomato meter. So One of the requirements of getting Rotten Tomato certified is that we have 200, count them, 200 reviews on the Apple Podcast app. So if you haven't done so yet, please take a second, go to Apple, go to the Apple Podcast app and give us a five star rating. We would really appreciate it. And uh, we'd like to be part of that amalgamation.
0: That Rotten Tomatoes We mentioned you know some cast members because I didn't know who was in this movie. I was so excited to see that Mia Goth was in this. yeah, she's a dream. I
1: can't get enough of her and she's in so much horror these days and she's just you know not just horror she does weird stuff she she has a weird palette which I really appreciate about her so I was happy to see her too I didn't realize how weird Alexander Skarsgård was
0: (laughs) (laughs) you know at the beginning of the movie I was like oh he's kind of playing against type a little bit because I'm used to seeing him as you know an abusive shithead from Big Little Lies or Mm -hmm. the vampire mob boss from True Blood you know he's kind of generally playing this like powerful sexy guy and it's really not (laughs) what he's doing in this one um which i thought was probably a fun change of pace for him um other ways in this movie we mentioned there's a lot of other characters in here actors who are not quite as famous cleopatra coleman She's been in some stuff. She was in Last Man on Earth, which I haven't seen all of, but she was in in some of that. Okay. I haven't got that either. She played M. Foster, Alexander Skarsgård's wife um, in this movie. And a handful of other people, although there's really not a huge cast list for this one. I love Thomas
1: Creshman, who played the detective. He was so just, like, calm and creepy. I think because of how calm he was, I I thought he was a great. I thought he had a
0: great character and he did a good job with it. I agree. That character. Oh my gosh, I can't wait to get into it later. It was a very unsettling character because of how matter-of-fact he was about yeah, the proceedings. But there's like this element of sadism. I feel in his character. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, it'll be fun to talk about. But
1: yeah. Well, should we get a quick summary of this movie so we can dive into some of these bigger topics? Let's do it.
0: James and M. Foster are vacationing in Lee Tolka, a fictional island nation, James is a somewhat failed novelist with his lifestyle being financed by M and her wealthy publishing company father. When they run into a couple at this beautiful resort who want to party and hang out with them on their second day of partying with this couple, James. Unintentionally murders uh, a local islander and gets totally thrown into the justice system of this island where they have an agreement uh, with the US Embassy that if you can afford it, you can pay to have a double receive the punishment for your crimes. And this is a country where the punishment for crimes is death. And so, if you can pay to play, (laughs) you go through what they call a doubling process, where effectively a clone is made of you. And that clone is then murdered in front of you. And this clone is a perfect replica of yourself. And so, James goes through this process. And M is rightly horrified. She wants to leave and get out of there. And we see James with kind of the assistance of this couple that they've befriended um, start to spiral into this consequence-free kind of quote-unquote process in this country where uh, if he can afford to pay, then he will continue to do whatever he wants at this resort.
1: So my one sentence summary of this movie is Guy learns to stop being such a fucking loser. Accurate. That's how I would sum (laughs) up this movie. So (laughs) accurate. I think this movie, this movie has a lot of layers to it. So I know that my summary is glossing over quite a bit. There's quite a bit happening in this movie. But that was the thread that I pulled. On my second viewing, and I was like, "Yeah, this is the core of the movie. <laughs> this guy is loser."
0: It is a really interesting take because I feel like there are so many moments in this movie where Alexander Skarsgård's character, James Foster, is emasculated. Like it is just like beat by beat, the first like third of this movie. I mean, even further than that, he is just being Mm -hmm. patronized, condescended. He is not in control. And when he tries to take control over things, um, people are kind of giving him a side eye about it because he just seems like a failure. He is. And I didn't really catch it so
1: much the first time around. I was focused more on like where my fears came from Mm -hmm. but the second time around I was like oh this guy kind of sucks and there's a lot of moments throughout the entire movie where you're right like they're just beats of him being a loser. I like the comparison between James and Gabby. Gabby is Mia Goth um, and she's an actress who is like in those info commercials where you pretend to like not be able to open a letter or like pour yourself a glass of milk or whatever so you need this new product and she's like she sits there and she pretends to fail to cut bread mm-hmm. which is a very easy thing to do meanwhile James is trying so hard to be a writer or I don't know trying hard is kind of strong uh but James wants to be a, a successful writer and can't do it um yeah. And Gabby is so good at pretending to fail. I love that they juxtapose those two against each
0: other. I love how you would think that Gabby would be maybe self-conscious, that she is calling herself an actress when she's doing like really low level, like two in the morning infomercial type stuff. But both she and her husband are so proud of what she does they're like they're like she is so good at this like she's incredible at this there's just this confidence that comes from her whereas James published a novel and it was panned we learn later I love that that's like kind of the other (laughs) shoe dropping is that like Yes. they tell us at the beginning like oh he's a novelist and he's been working on his long awaited second novel and it turns out his first novel wasn't even good he just kind of got like nepoed into it because of his father-in-law and so he's not even actually a good writer and that's supposed to be maybe like a m- more morally superior role than being an actress but he has like this crisis of confidence because his lifestyle is being financed by his wife and her family. Like, he is not getting by on his own merits. And his wife does not
1: let him forget it. I mm-hmm. mean, she like mocks him at that dinner. She says to these people that she just met that she probably married him because she has daddy issues. <laughs> there's no romance there, there's no like appreciation for who he is. It's just like, he's just this guy I married who's kind of a loser. And and he came to this resort for inspiration, which I hadn't really thought too much about uh, until later. Just that is pretty lame. Like, there is nothing inspiring at a resort. They're very polished and manicured to be a place to chill out and not try too hard at
0: anything. So like, what kind of inspiration could he possibly have been looking for here? It's so sanitized, right? Like everything is like white linen and provided for you. And I think that the idea that he needed to go to this resort to get inspiration to write a novel after seven years of not writing is just like throwing stuff against the wall to see what sticks. Like just maybe go work at a coffee
1: shop, dude.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, I love how his wife just like dunks on him all the time. Like, she she sees him for what he is, and I think that he hates that because when he meets Gabby and uh, her husband Alvin, they're gushing over his book, and his wife immediately is like, Hilarious. "Oh, you just want to spend time with your fan club." <laughs> like, <laughs> she just calls <laughs> him out. Two fans, yeah, because he, yeah. He turns down or is unenthusiastic about her ideas of what to do. She's like, oh, let's go into town and let's go to this restaurant. And Mm -hmm. he's like, why would we do that? And then Gabby and Alvin say, oh, there's this restaurant that we want to go to. Same one that his wife recommended. And he's like, oh, yeah, let's do that. So, so quickly into the movie, we're like, oh, he is not getting anything from his wife. And so he is going to do anything that gives him validation, even to total strangers. His uh, failure to drive
1: the car back is the catalyst in this movie that kind of, you know, brings about the whole crux of the issue, right? Um, The doubling and the crime and, and dealing with this foreign country I just I think it's so funny that he's the one driving the car
0: I know I know it totally makes sense so Gabby and Albin say hey we know that this resort tells us that we're not supposed to leave the resort but whatever we can totally leave the resort we do what we want and they load up the trunk of this rented car with just like a case of wine an insane amount of wine for four people doing it. A- day trip and (laughs) James being a loser just like really comes out on this beach trip because you know they're just along for the ride oh my god he gets so drunk and then this is when you know Gabby's been so flirty with him this whole time she seems super into him and he goes off to go drunkenly piss against a tree and Gabby uh excuses herself to go (laughs) find him.
1: Yeah, she jerks him off from behind. And at first it looks like, oh, maybe he doesn't realize who it is, right? Like maybe he thinks it's his wife, but it seems like he catches on to that pretty quick and he just sort of lets it happen. And she finishes him and... I just I it's so gross but like I love the semen just like landing at his feet it's Mm -hmm. so pathetic looking
0: it is like just hitting you over the head with how sad he is like he's drunk he's trying to pee she comes and jerks him off and gets him off in like 15 seconds it's so absurd you're like okay this this guy is a mess (laughs) (laughs) is this it's it's not a hot scene at all no it's really
1: gross and unsettling what did you think Kate was this a rape scene or was he just sort of like meh okay
0: (laughs) I think that I mean, it's a good question because it's not like there was enthusiastic consent happening here. He was drunk. Right. She seemed not as drunk. So that alone makes consent very dicey. True. Very I think. true. I think that he – my interpretation of the scene is that he liked it but knew it was shameful. Like he knew that it was something that he shouldn't be doing and shouldn't be enjoying as much as he actually did, which I actually think is a theme that runs through his character for the rest of the movie from totally. this point on. <laughs> right. He
1: has like no control. Like he he has control, but he chooses not to use it because it's easier that way. Why bother if every, you know, why worry about it if it's always somebody else's fault? Um, he doesn't have to think about his own contribution to what's going on.
0: It's like he's totally ceded autonomy in this story. Yeah. He's like, oh, it's not that I killed someone on a purpose. It's not that I chose to participate in this doubling process. Like the whole thing is like, oh, this is just a situation that's been thrust onto me and I'm just along for the ride. And – you know, M gets so freaked out by what's happening that she's like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. Like, next day, she's yeah. like, I am done. I am getting out of here. And James hides his passport and but pretends that he Crazy. lost it. He's like, I don't know where it is. Like, I guess I'm going to have to stay. I guess we have to stay. And it's like he doesn't want to take any – Ownership over making a decision he just wants things to right. occur to him,
1: yeah, uh, we see that later also when he's like playing chicken with uh gabby there's they've gone off the rails, and I guess I'm kind of jumping ahead, but they're they have a gun to this guy's head, and he can't pull the trigger, and so Gabby sort of takes over, and he again seeds autonomy over the gunshot but back to this doubling process this doubling process is just rife with these moments of bringing this guy even lower like he's just so incredibly pitiful the the shot of him getting into like the doubling tank where he's totally he's he's been stripped by these strange women and you know just sort of like Quickly, What is he, like, hosed off or something? He's just very quickly and brusquely prepared. He's got this thing in his mouth that, like, Mm -hmm. open up his lips like at a dentist. He looks insane. And he's totally naked and pitiful. They just, like, really bring him down to, like, his lowest level before doubling
0: him. Yes. They... they bring him all the way down to this like dehumanized state and then they just run with it. I yeah, I really love the concept of doubling. I'm excited to talk about it. I think that it's like really cool contrast that they've established in the movie. So we talked about Gabby being very confident and we have James and M who seem like kind of, you know, typical Americans, Alexander Skarsgård doing a very good American accent (laughs) as he does in this movie. And we have Gabby and Albin who are in contrast, this very cool Euro modern couple where there's no boundaries in this couple. Like they're just, oh, if I'm going to have Sex with someone else, that's fine, or it's very libertine, like of them. Contrast
1: that kind of with when James gets to see his double, his first double getting murdered, right? He's he had the double made, and now that double has to get punished for James's crime. And this double is just like crying out for his wife, and like you know, come help me, come save me. And I mean, it makes sense. Why wouldn't we all do that? But it's also like this reminder that she kind of has to do everything for this guy. (laughs) She has to pay for his lifestyle and take him on trips and help him feel inspired and has to save him now from the consequences of his own actions,
0: (laughs) which she doesn't. She doesn't. No, I, I think that she is a stronger character because she does just leave eventually. She's like, you know what? I'm done with this. I'm going mm-hmm. back to America. If you're going to stay here and continue on in this fucked up little country, good for you. I felt like the end of the movie, James chooses to stay. In the country, like the country basically shuts down, you know, when it they're in the off season because they have like mm-hmm. terrible monsoon storms and they've decided to vacation right leading up into these storms. And I did feel a little anticlimactic about the ending with James just choosing to not get on the plane and go back home and instead just going back to this deserted resort but i feel like in some ways it emphasizes like him not being able to really make decisions like when left to his own devices he's just going to languish he's just going to stagnate where he is i thought
1: that it was a really interesting ending because he goes through this transformation sort of process He not only has to see his first double being murdered, but he has to face this this other double that his weird ass friends have created of him and have broken down so much that they refer to it as a dog. Like this Mm -hmm. double is on a leash. And uh, when he first meets it, it's it's hooded. He doesn't even know it's his own double. And he has to reckon with it. In multiple ways. Like first he beats it up. When he doesn't know what it is. He pees on himself. Like how emasculating is that? And then eventually. He has to face this dog version of himself. And decide like. Okay. There's only one of me. That's going to live. It's me or this guy. I cannot be this dog. Mm -hmm. So it felt like he was growing like it felt like he was being reborn he there's that nice shot of him like sucking gabby's breast. right it's very <laughs> mm-hmm. like madonna-esque but then at the very end he still chooses to stay he
0: can't like he can't move on or move past it i i was really trying to justify the ending because i felt like this concept of having to kill your past self in order to like grow through your past self really interesting concept um but also I felt like every time he needed to kill a double it was almost like distancing himself from himself like he was becoming more emotionally detached he was falling more into this like, oh, consequences don't matter attitude that everyone Mm -hmm. else around him had. And so when the ending happened where he chose to stay, I was like, okay, did he not actually grow? Did he just actually stay the same this whole time, even though he went through this insane process? The totally opposite end of the spectrum is Or did it change him so much that he cannot just reenter into society like everyone else can? He can't just pretend like things are as they were. He is now part of this new world, this new identity. And
1: these people he's been hanging out with come and do this like every year. They're just so casual about it. They don't care. It's just something they do for fun. They, When they're on the tram to get to the airport, they're just talking about their lives like they're normal people. Like they don't get off on murdering people randomly. <laughs> it's so weird. And he is not having it. He is like not able to digest what's happened to him. Which I thought was a really interesting
0: way to end it. I do too. Because I think that he he wanted to be part of this group of carefree people who are just murder tourists. <laughs> and when I think that when he learns that they didn't actually care about him or love him as an author, they were just looking for another plaything to torment and kind of bring into their fold it showed him like oh he's either being controlled and under the thumb of his wife and her money or he is controlled by any sense of validation by any person (laughs) ever and yeah nothing that he does is of his own volition and I felt like oh, maybe that's what he's reckoning with at the end is, like, who who is he as a person? What are his values? Yeah. What does he actually need from this? So, I mean, I wouldn't say I loved the ending, um, but I don't know where else they could have taken it. And also, it feels very, like, Eurofilm to just end mm-hmm. a movie. <laughs> And just be like, there's no resolution. Life is messy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was
1: pretty depressing, I thought. Pretty bleak of an ending, which yeah, made sense. <laughs> I want to talk about this
0: resort a little bit. Yes, please. This resort scared me. <laughs> have you seen White Lotus on HBO?
1: I have. And I love it. I love White Lotus.
0: I so cannot wait good. for the next season. <laughs> it's yeah. so good. I immediately, immediately, when they're doing the the panning shots of the resort, I was like, oh, this is a white lotus situation because it is this beautiful whitewashed resort in a tropical location that is Completely isolated and separate from the rest of the country. Like, they've got this overhead shot that shows these very dilapidated, rustic, n- impoverished buildings, like l- super cramped and leading up to then this lush, beautiful resort that has like huge walls and like fuck off barbed wire <laughs> surrounding it.
1: Yeah. I- I don't know how I would feel going to a resort surrounded by barbed wire. It would freak me the hell out. And that was one of the things that scared me about this movie. It was just this initial resort being surrounded by nothing but danger freaked me out.
0: I at first thought about how people will go and vacation in Central America, Latin America in Southeast Asia in places that are known to have very strict local laws um, violent gang culture theft robbery rape like all kinds of like issues for tourists people will still go choose to vacation there because the resorts will say you stay on the resort (laughs) you're safe like That is, like, the thing that they, like, hammer into you. Like, you stay on the resort grounds, you're fine. And that's what I thought they were going with in this movie until I realized that it's to keep the guests in. Like, the locals are not safe from the guests. (laughs) Like, it's not not that the locals are going to try and come and, like, rob the resort people. It's that because of this really wild justice system system that they have it, the locals are constantly in danger from murder tourists who can just pay their way out of any crime so awful they're driving
1: through when they leave the resort and they're driving through they they pass these people working on the side of the road and they're like behind a a gate with barbed wire like a fence and i was like oh Is this – are they slaves? Like, why are they being kept in this, like, cage-looking area? And what you're saying now makes so much more sense. It's for the locals' protection. (laughs) So
0: awful. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that first day when the two couples leave the resort, which they're not supposed to, there's this, like, running thread through the movie that I really loved where it was like – Gabby and Alban and their friend group they're like oh yeah we just paid off a resort worker to let us out oh we just paid off this guy to rent his car oh we just paid off this guy to get some drugs like they're just constantly like nothing matters as long as you have enough money to hush up a local like it's fine like literally you can do anything you want there are rules kind of but not for them
1: yeah, very much so. There is there is a lot of that um, privilege for the rich in this movie, and we'll probably touch on that later. You mentioned White Lotus. White Lotus was a very... That show was not dark the way this movie is dark. That show was a bit lighter. I mean, it had dark moments for sure, dark endings. <laughs> each season and a couple of characters who were unsavory but for the most part it was a comedy is it's a comedy and a semi feel good um you're right about the setting being very like it's a beautiful place it's a cool looking resort but they do this thing with the cinematography that unsettled me like right away and it took me a minute to put my finger on it but they what they're doing is they like turn down the whites in mm-hmm. the in the post-production it looks like like the white is never pure white it's it's it looks dark outside even when the sun's out mm-hmm. and I really love that touch in the editing because it is just a little unsettling and it's not really clear why uh, I felt that way um until I realized oh they're they're screwing with the lights on me, mm-hmm. that, and um, they open up with a bunch of like angles, so you're kind of like losing your sense of where you are and your perspective, um
0: really cool little touches there, yes, the lighting effect made me feel like when you're wearing really dark sunglasses. Yeah. During the daytime. Like it had that kind of masking effect where it's not perfectly clear at any time of day. Yeah.
1: D- did you notice in the. I think it was kind of near the opening or the beginning of the movie, the music, you hear like a thud over and over. There's like a repeated thud. And. When I got to the end of the movie, uh, what I realized I was hearing was James punching his own face in. It's like the same thud of him beating himself up. And I was like, oh, that's so
0: creepy to include in the music. I didn't catch start. that. But that's a really, really good catch. Because that that is like the perfect kind of like unsettling thing to do in the sound production. Yeah. 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 That's cool. Cool choices. I found that one of the creepy things with the resort was they tried to include some local color into the entertainment or, um, yes, and they have traditional masks that the Islanders wear that are so disturbing (laughs) looking it really reminded me of like the purge or the strangers Mm -hmm. but worse because it had that kind of body horror kind of feel to it because there was something just off about the faces on the masks those are real people right like those are doubles they What do you mean? Like, I thought that they were. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that they were. Okay. Tell me what you mean. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they look like
1: human leather. When you look at them, they look like real people. And when we get to the doubling process, I was like, oh, that's what these masks are. It's like when somebody Gets a double made. They keep the faces and turn them into masks, and then sell them to the tourists later. Like that's how I interpreted those face masks,
0: Megan. That's (laughs) the craziest shit I've ever heard. But you're probably right. That's horrible. It's horrible. So, so So tell me what you thought. I thought that it was when they're when they're taking that drug that like makes them kind of it's like a psychedelic drug that they take. Mm-hmm. Is Probably the same substance that they use In the doubling process because it's like a very Similar like trip that they're having And I had assumed That they were Making masks based on what they Saw during Their trips um, mm. But I Think that you are on the money I I, th- I think that Because um, They would totally do that <laughs> In this world, for one thing. (laughs) But also, the doctor, after the doubling process, he says that the doubling, as part of their custom, needs to be an exact replica. And sometimes it doesn't go right. And so Mm. I bet that what they're doing is when they have doubles that come out messed up, they're like, oh, well, we'll just use that as a mask. Yeah so gross oh my gosh that's horrible
1: (laughs) I was thinking like like tourists were like buying their own double faces like either unknowing or uh maybe they maybe they do know but I was just thinking about how crazy that would be like to buy this version of your own face to take home with you on top of the urn you get
0: (laughs) oh man I could see that though That makes a lot of sense. I hadn't thought about, like, what the texture of the mask looked like, but I think that knowing that they have doubles that need to be, like, quote-unquote discarded because they're not good enough, they're not just throwing them away. They're making masks out of them for sure.
1: Yeah, why not? Okay, so this being a totally made-up country really – knocked me on my ass. Like it is probably what scared me the most in this movie. If we had been watching this together, Kate, I feel like I would have driven you crazy because I <laughs> was just like like so tense and like everything I saw I was like, "Oh my god, this is a place that I don't understand. I cannot relate to it. I've never seen this typography before. Mm-hmm. The money looks completely bizarre to me. Um even when they're at the resort, they're like, where are we? Right. Like Mm -hmm. he's like, where, where are we? And it's like, yeah, nobody fucking knows this place is terrifying. Um, and it has the most bizarre customs as we just talked about, uh, just this country being completely made up freaked me out a lot. It really made me feel uncomfortable this whole movie. Because I was like, I don't know, like this isn't some, this isn't an existing country where we at least are familiar with, oh, how you would escape or like where you could go to get help if you needed. No, like I was like, I don't know anything about this place and it seems crazy. Like it was so scary to me
0: that's funny because i kept on thinking while i was watching it about how similar it was to existing countries i <laughs> kept thinking about how harsh laws are in thailand and the philippines mm-hmm. around um dr- just literally drug trafficking not even um you know murder like we see in this movie mm-hmm. and you know if you are even unintentionally scammed into transporting a very small amount of drugs in Thailand, you can face a, like a life sentence in prison there. And it is, and I mean in Philippines, right? Like they, they will just kill you (laughs) if they think that you're using drugs. And so crazy. I thought that that was logical in some ways that there could be a country that would um, have such harsh sentencing. The typography and the money I really liked as part of the world building. There were Mm -hmm. like all of these elements in the in the world building of the movie that were familiar but just off enough to be unsettling. Like the writing looked kind of Cyrillic but not, not quite. Not quite. Yeah. And you would see the outside of the buildings, like the police precinct that looks like, okay, it looks kind of like a more historic building and you, and then inside would be completely run down. Yeah. The, the arena where they would murder the doubles in front of you um, or in front of a crowd looks like an airplane hangar. It was such a huge, never-ending space. Yeah. And I was like, where, where is this? Like, there's so many times in the yeah. movie, you're like, yeah, where are we? Like, it, we, I thought that we were just in this dilapidated precinct, and now we're in a very futuristic doubling room where we're seeing all of these, like, gadgets and buttons <laughs> to make a clone. <laughs> it's so, like, taking you out of it, like, every other moment. Right, we're in this what looks
1: to be very run down country, but boy, they sure have a lot of tech for uh dealing with crime, I guess. Where does all that money go?
0: What does the government do with it? It seems like they have commodified a supernatural practice that they have in this country. like it feels like it should be religious or like revered or something like that because there's this stripping down of a person and you put them into this room and it fills with this liquid and they have this hallucinogenic experience and then they come out of it with an exact replica of themselves including memories like it's so it's so sci-fi and yet like the government is just abusing it to get money like it's just like a (laughs) dirt like a dirty process that's happening
1: yeah I uh I, I you know and I it might have maybe freaked me out more than you um I just I'm not very well traveled I don't think yeah no I haven't left this continent so I uh, I need to get more exposure, so I'm not so afraid of these places. There's a few places that I'm probably never going to want to go. Like, I'm never going to want to go to Egypt just because of the threat of sexual assault. <laughs> I know there's places in, like, Jamaica and uh, Mexico where it's common for, or sorry, I shouldn't say it's common, but murder rates have been in- increased. Um, violent crime has increased. So I I think that also lends itself to freaking me out more about this country.
0: It feels like it should be a place that is safe from that because we're introduced to it at first by the resort. And so you would think like, oh, this is a vacation place. Like this is a place where people go to spend a ton of money to relax by their infinity pools (laughs) and see the ocean and get (laughs) you know complimentary drinks all day but there's this like seedy underbelly that they're trying to keep separate like the resort doesn't want you to engage with this but it turns out the rest of the country is like yeah you can engage with this as long as you're willing to go through this uh doubling process really traumatizing the first time through so traumatizing i i think that the thing that scared me in this movie was not the resort or the thought of this rough country to be in as a tourist but the like existential questions around doubling I thought were so juicy. I was like, oh my God, I love this. Mm-hmm. I love, like, why are there not more <laughs> movies and TV shows about this?
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, we should talk about how the doubling is, is like a, such a privilege of the rich in this movie.
0: It truly is. I uh, think we've mentioned how they are given an option to either <laughs> be executed themselves for their crimes or they can go through this process where they pay a ton of money a clone is created of them and it is a perfect clone it is exactly them down to their memories and then they have to witness the eldest son of the injured family murder them oh my god this kid real quick this Mm -hmm. kid's face freaked
1: me out like, just looking at him smile really creep gave me the creeps.
0: It is – I felt so bad for this kid at first when you realize that he's 13 years old and has to go kill someone. Oh and then he seemed to take a lot of pleasure in it. And I was like, oh, this country is, is fucked up. <laughs> yeah. I
1: was like, I want to get this kid an Oscar for his face. <laughs> kind of like kind of like Mia Goth at the end of Pearl in yes. the credits. Like oh my God. she just stands there smiling. <laughs> I want them to get honorary Oscars
0: for those I, moments. I know, right? Uh, the the gut punch at the end of the movie when like you see that he is sent home with multiple urns of his <laughs> deceased clones. Kind of funny. Is so yeah. funny that like Oh, here's your souvenir of your time here on Lee Tolka. Yes,
1: they call it a souvenir that's so expensive. I I really wish I knew how much this cost. I really wish I had a sense of how much they were spending because I was kind of thinking like, what if this were me? Like, what if I went to this weird resort in in this impoverished country that I assume is affordable because it's in said country? Like, would I be able
0: to afford a double? I don't know. I know. There was part of me that thought like, okay, maybe it's like 25 grand. And then I was just reading this morning about how in a country like Bangladesh, for example, an annual salary in Bangladesh for someone who is making a good, comfortable amount of money is $3,900 a year. Holy crap. And so I was like – this might be like five grand in which case right? <laughs> you I mean it could be even less like and in, in which case yeah. they're like okay yeah I can just come here and spend 15 grand and you know kill as many people <laughs> as I want it would be horrible things I mean five grand is not
1: a drop in the bucket but it's like yeah I'm gonna pay five grand
0: so that I don't die it is that balance right of like how much money do you have? How much money are you willing to spend in order to live? Yeah. 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 It is a culture for people visiting this island too. So we know Gabby and Alban wanted to try and lure James into, into this. And it turns out they didn't need to. They just needed to let him drive drunk and he would kill someone on his own. And they have these <laughs> friends loser who are giddy to participate in this. They want to leave the resort and party and get into mischief. And it felt so similar to what we talked about in the Purge series, where there are people who um, want time off from Mm -hmm. regular morality. They're like, okay, I'm going to pay to play. Also Westworld. It felt very Westworld. You come here like
1: to murder things as your fun trip. (laughs) You come here to do depraved, horrible things because you can afford to do so.
0: I have a question for you about the doubling process because this was my theory. And I wanted to know what you thought. So in the doubling process... They're very, very fixated on it being an exact match to the person, like no flaws. Memories are exactly the same. So essentially, you're you're creating a new version of mm. yourself. It is the same version of yourself. I thought while watching this movie that <laughs> it's not the double that is being killed that it's the original person who's being killed and they're letting the double live. And I thought that because there seemed to be like an erosion of caring that was happening. Like the, like the more he participated in this, like the less he seemed bothered by it. And I was Mm -hmm. like, Oh, maybe there's like in the doubling process, you are, actually losing something of yourself as it goes and so if you're a clone of a clone of a clone like maybe that makes you less human over time anyway all of that to ask like do you think that they were killing the doubles or do you think that they were killing the originals
1: I went through this same set of questions with myself and it was another one of those things that was fucking with my head and I was like, this is really freaking me out. Um, But yeah, I did sort of think I did sort of wonder if they're doing like a Xerox of a Xerox of a Xerox. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And and is that why he is enjoying this stuff now? Because he's he's the clone. He there's something Mm -hmm. slightly off about him. They bring this up in the movie. Uh, I think, I can't remember who brings it up, but but all these psycho friends are talking about it, and one of them is like, look, I, you just have to not, not think about it anymore. Like, just don't think about it. Mm-hmm. I, at first, I thought, oh, they want all the memories so that way, whoever is getting punished feels the full brunt of it. Like, realizes oh I deserve this like I did that thing I'm not a copy I'm the one who did that thing but then on the flip side I think it's way more meaningful for the son to actually kill the person who did it and not a copy for this culture right yeah yeah so I was thinking that as well like I think there's a good chance that the copy is still alive.
0: That's what I think too, because I think that in this culture, they would tell tourists, like, we're not actually killing you, we're killing your copy. But culturally to say, we will kill the guilty party, but we will create a blank slate of a person who – did not actually commit this crime. This is a person who was split off after this crime was committed and we will let this new reborn person exist in the world um, and will kill the actual guilty party. That made so right. much sense to me watching this.
1: I thought it might also be why he decided to stick around at the end. He's just not quite himself. Like, There's something that got lost. I mean, obviously, that's probably the same case with Gabby and friends, but he started off a loser and it just sort of got, I don't know, it's like an incest thing almost, right? Like, it's it's sort of, like, degraded that path even more for himself. Like, he couldn't come back from that after being made into copies. I don't know.
0: One thing that made me feel like I don't think that the government is being honest about the process, is that they tell them that the memories are being exactly duplicated. But then we have a scene most of the way through the movie where, again, these guys have gotten into trouble, they're arrested, they're in the holding room waiting to be processed. And the detective comes in and says, you know what? no doubling for you guys. Like you were just Mm -hmm. getting the the punishment. And he pulls them into the arena and proceeds to kill them. And it turns out that those are doubles. Right. So those doubles did not have the memory of being processed. Like there was a split at some point where they said, actually, we're not going to carry over all of your memories where you were – where you agreed to be created as a double, where you paid money. It's not like a perfect replica of you. And so once like that happened, I was like, there's something funk There's funkiness going on here where like. Something the- happening. Yeah. Right. Where the government is like, oh, we can be um, manipulative about this. And this is where I felt like the detective being. Yeah. Um a little sadistic where he's willing to ramp up the guilt and the drama and the terror of these like people getting executed to make them believe like oh you want to pay your way out well too bad we're just going to kill you and it turns out they were the ones yeah. who were going to be killed all along so i guess were they doubles
1: or were they originals who just I don't know forgot that they had already been processed
0: like if we're talking about murdering yeah yeah they it's tricky weird (laughs) that seems like okay then that would make them doubles if there was something able to alter their memory but I don't know with the doubling process and the drugs that they're given to go through the doubling process right it starts to get really blurry, like. Where is the line of what is happening when? Yeah. I kind of like how we're never
1: really 100% certain. I mean, that scene, we seem to think, okay, it's prob- they're probably doubles, but I still don't know for sure. Like, there's still <laughs> a chance that they're not because, like you said, everything's very blurry and the rules seem to not be spelled out for us because that's sort of part of it Mm -hmm. it's you know like you you don't know anymore who you are right but it gives this place a very what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas vibe you go there you act like a lunatic and then you come home and everything's fine nobody's in trouble
0: I really thought that the the mind fuck of are you a double or are you yourself what does it matter those kinds of questions were were the scary part for me that kind of psychological terror of Mm -hmm. what makes me essentially me if there's a process that exists in the world to perfectly duplicate me yeah yeah
1: heavy stuff It is very creepy. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So I watched this one twice in preparation for our notes. And after the first time, Zach was like, well, I don't envy you (laughs) having (laughs) to watch this one again. Um, But I really liked it. I, I do recommend this movie to horror fans and just people who like a good thinker. I think you can probably get away with not being too scared at this movie. I think I was just, I don't know. I was like primed to be terrified and it worked. But um, (laughs) I can can see watching this movie and not being too scared by it. Just given a lot of food for thought. A lot of uncomfortable food for thought.
0: Definitely. I mean, there are things that are concretely hard to watch i mean there's some some murder definitely in this movie there's some really unsettling kind of sex scenes and disturbing masks and existential issues like this one is is kind of a mentally tough watch i wouldn't say that this one is just like straight entertainment Mm -hmm. i think that there are some movies that are entertaining maybe a little bit more superficial and then there are some filmmakers who are like oh filmmaking is art and it might not be pleasant like it's mm-hmm. it's not supposed to be fun <laughs> and I think that that's what this one is um, yeah but I would say that it's it's a good watch I would I would recommend this one just know what you're getting into right like if you're sensitive to like that kind of stuff it might not be very fun <laughs> for you but Mia Goth is excellent in this movie she's such a little weirdo I love her Jeez. and Alexander Skarsgård is is really good as well so I would definitely recommend yeah, he's this he's a pretty one. hot loser I know right like if you're gonna if you're gonna be a loser doesn't, doesn't hurt to look like Alexander Skarsgård <laughs> while you're doing it Well, uh, don't forget to leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts. We would greatly appreciate it. Stay tuned for next time when we cover Paranormal Activity, one of the better found footage movies of the last 20 years.
1: This was Not Quite Dead. Check out our other episodes wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at NotQuiteDeadPodcast and on Twitter at NQD underscore podcast.
0: Follow our blog for bonus content at NotQuiteDeadPodcast.com. Thanks for listening. And happy watching.